0: We are up to the very bottom line on Nun Beis Amir Beis, and today's daf is daf Nun Gimel. So let's pick up. Here we go. Bottom line, 52B. There was no chatzah, there was no courtyard in Yerushalayim that was not lit up from the minairahs uh, uh, that were lit during the drawing of the water, the Simchas Beis HaShueva. Tana, we learned in a brisa. We're now on the top of today's daf Nun Gimel. Ish, you know how much light there was? A woman was able to separate the wheat um, kernel from the chaff of the wheat. She was able to, the, there was so much light that she was able to do bairar, she was able to differentiate between um, and uh, purify her wheat kernels. That's how, that's how much light existed. Period, two dots, next part of the Mishnah. This is beautiful, beautiful. Let's l- listen to this. Chasidim anche maisim the Chasidim and the Anshay maisim, the people who had a lot of good maisim, a lot of good deeds. So they would be meraked. They would uh, they would dance and they would sing shirays v'shishbachays. They would sing songs uh, and to Hakadosh uh, Baruch Hu and praise. Ton and the rabbis learn social. We yesh Listen to this. Can you imagine? People were such there was, people were such Hasidim that they could say we never did years Our younger years have not embarrassed the older years. Yeah, imagine that, right? Imagine not being embarrassed of what you did in high school. <laughs> right? that, that's what, that's what uh, some would say. <inaudible> These people were Hasidim and anchemaisa. and others would say Ashri <inaudible> Zakunenu, How fortunate we are. Now that we've matured, that we got a kapara. Yeah, maybe we're a little, we were the crazy kids in high school. Maybe we were, but we got a kapara for it. Baruch we straightened out and now we're zaychet to learn Torah, to do mitzvahs, Elu Chuva and Elu Elu Imrim. Either way, either way, doesn't matter a person's upbringing. Either way, both both are tzaddikim. And Eivah Bello Imrim, Asher Chato Mishachato Yoshev Yimchalay. Fortune is one who doesn't have averus and also fortunate. Is one who had who has averus, but has cleaned his slate and gotten a complete mechila from Hakadosh Baruch Tanya, we learned in a brayza. We're now going to get into a few uh, quotes and lessons from Hilal Zakeh. It was said about Hilal in Shkushayos Me'ach Besimchas Beis Ashu'eva when he would partake in the Simchas Beis Haishueva. Omar Amarkein, he would say the following. Im Ani Khan HaKol If I am here, the party's here. No, Im Ani Khan HaKol means if I am here, everything's here. Vim Ani Khan, and if I'm not here, mikan who is here. So different discussions as to what this means. Some of us are to explain Hillel is referencing HaKadush Baruchu, meaning if HaKadush Baruchu's here, then HaKol You have everything. Make sure that you have HaKadush Baruchu in the Shekhinah. Vim Ani Khan, if HaKadush Baruchu's not here, despite the fact that there's there's tens of thousands of yiddin Mikan, who's here? That's one, that's one interpretation. The other interpretation is, Hillel saying about himself, Imanikan, if I am here, Hakolkan, I am here in totality. I don't have one foot here and the other foot out the door, uh, busy with something else. I am, as they say, the word that's used is, I am mindful. I am here. I am present. I am completely involved. Imanikan, Hakolkan. When I am here, I'm totally here. That's the only way for a person to be matzliach in life. People think the way to be Matsuyach, the way to be successful is by multitasking. No, the way to be Matsuyach is by focus tasking. When you have a task in front of you, just focus. Make sure it gets done. Vim any And if I'm not here, me Khan, Who is here? If I've got one foot here, the other foot, you know, if I've got my, my brain half here and half somewhere else, who is here? There's a Mysa brought down about the Chayza, the Chayza of Lublin. There was a wealthy merchant who was traveling. From uh, Out of town, Arab Shabbos, the Khaizah gives him Shalom Aleichem and he gives him a welcome. After davening Friday night, um, the Yid comes over to uh, the Khaizah and he says, Good Shabbos, the Khaizah says, Good Shabbos, welcome. The guy says, You already welcomed me. He says, No, I welcomed you, Arab Shabbos. I saw during Mariv that your brain was somewhere else. You were in Danzig, you were uh, in the middle of figuring out how you're going to sell your wares. You, were, you weren't here, your mind was elsewhere, your neshama was elsewhere. Now, so now I'm saying welcome back. Now that you're coming over, you're welcome. You know, welcome back to uh, Lublin. You know, all right. If you want to be you got mani kan We're there in totality. Hello would also say shni Beautiful, beautiful. Where a person really wants to go, the feet take them. If you come to my house, Hakadosh Baruch Hu says you come to my base amiktosh. I'll come to your house. If you don't come to my house, then I will not come to your house. And when he, over here, the Mepharshim explained, it's referring to receiving a bracha, from, a blessing from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Every place where my name is remembered and recognized, I will come to you, and I will give you a bracha. Hillel saw the head of a human being, this is the Mishnah in Avais, floating on the water. The reshined him on the Mishnah to say, Hillel recognized who this person was. He knew this person was a murderer. Amar he says to it. There's a Dugish in the Hey. Amar he says to it, to the, to the skull. The aft atfuch, because you drowned others, you were drowned. Um yatufun, and those who drowned you will be drowned. HaKadosh Baruch world, Ultimately, works in perfect symmetry. There's per, there, there's perfection, and and uh, nothing happens by chance. Nothing happens with uh, you know without uh, without reason. And since Hillel knew that this person was a murderer, he was pointing out to himself and to his talmidim who were with him this very important message: If you don't, if you if you if you, if you kill others, ultimately, what's going to happen to him? It's a person's feet that decide where he's ultimately going to end up. Rashi says a fascinating thing. Not only is there a time that a person is destined to leave the world, but there's also a place where a person is destined to leave the world from that place. So let's say a person, Hashem decides it's his time, but the guy's in Antarctica, and it was predestined that he should pass away in Alaska, his feet will somehow take him to Alaska, and he'll die over there. Okay? He'll die over there. There were two kushoi. Two kushoi. That... uh, there, there were two uh, beautiful people. They were called Kushoi. It's it, the same way you find sometimes. Sineim Shal Yisrael. Like right? Klai Yisrael is called its own enemy. So over here, it's referring to the beauty of people. I met my, my father, Zechariah Lebracha. Whenever he, he had a cute kid, whenever he would see his cute grandchildren, he would say, oh, you know, uh, where's that ugly kid? He called the kid ugly. And people, you know, if he didn't know my father, he'd get insulted. But my father would definitely call it ugly. To, it was for like Ayin hara. You know, if if my father called your baby ugly, that means you had like the, the the most handsome and prettiest baby in the world. You say, ah, look at this ugly baby. Give the baby a big kiss. You know, so that's what that's what he, maybe he got it from this Gemara from Rabbi He says Ragoy Kushoi Davakami There were two kushoi, which means ultimately they were beautiful people. Ali and who were scribes to. One day Shlomel saw the Malachamabbas was said. What he said for it's it's their time and I need to kill them. uh Seirim. So Shlame Hamelech uh gave the uh Shadrinul the Machusa the He gave them over to the Shedim and kind of sent them to a place called Luz. Now Rashi explains, and we had this Gemara elsewhere. That there's a city called Luz where people never died. The, the Malachim Avos had no Kayach in the city of Luz, so Shlomelach sent them down to the city of Luz. As soon as they reached the gates of Luz, they died. The next day, all the Malachim who was dancing, yeah, he was so happy. I might be daft, but he's so happy for. You, 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 you helped me in business. Because the place where they were supposed to die, you sent them. You sent them. The reason why I couldn't, I didn't tell you why I couldn't kill them, but I couldn't kill them because they needed to be at the entrance of Luz. That was their place where they were predestined to die. They weren't there. So I was stuck. And you had a bright idea. You sent them down there. Yad Pasach Shalim HaValvar, he opened his mouth and he said, Ragloid bar inish a person's feet, ultimately lead them to where they're supposed to be. It literally means they're a guarantor of Hashem's plan la asar boy tamon my divon yase to a place where hakotz baruch Hu wants that person to be that is where one's feet leave them to go tani we went to the bride so I'm they said about shipping on leo kishaya some aspect when he was involved in the simcha in the joy of the simcha of the beshasheva nightosh he would take eight avuka eight torches of fire they were on fire. The, the And he would juggle them with perfection. Also, when Rashir would bow down, He would put his thumbs on the earth. And he would kind of like do a push-up on his thumbs. And he would lower himself, give a kiss, and then get up. The aim, like... Get, not just get up like a push up like he, would get, he would be able to use his thumbs and fling himself completely into an upright position nobody else is able to do this and this is called kida. there are certain types of Hishtachabas, different types of bowings that are necessary for different times there's one type of bowing in front of Baruch Hu, it's called kida. this is how you do kida. the Gemara says talking about kida. by the way Levi <laughs> Achvi Kida came the dera, the dera, Itla Kida is a very dangerous type of bowing as impressive as it is. Levi did it, and he became lame. His it, it, it traumatized his his uh, muscle and nerve system. It says the <laughs> Gemara, Is that what made Levi lame? Kida? It's not true." Person should never throw words at Hakadosh Baruch I'm so angry at you, Chas v'Shalom. You know, not to say like that. There was a, a big tzaddik who threw words towards HaKadosh Baruch when he became lame. Umanu uh, Levi. And that was Levi. Now Rashi says what Levi did, Rashi brings down the story from Gemara and Tynus that there was no rain. There was a tremendous drought. And Levi daven for rain. It still didn't rain. And Levi said, Hashem, you don't take care of your children. That was... He threw Devarim Klape Malam. And that's what... So the Gemara is asking a question. How did he tell me Kida made him lame? The Gemara learns out from Levi that a person should never throw words towards HaKadosh Baruch because otherwise there's going to be tremendous you know, consequence. The Gemara says, They both caused it. Meaning, Levi threw his Dvarim Klape Malam, which he shouldn't have done. So Hashem waited for an opportunity where it would seem like naturally he should have been you know, caused to become lame kind of like, that's how HaKadosh Baruch Hu works, right? Hashem creates miracles uh, in ways where people think it's really going through nature, but ultimately, it's for a different reason, and therefore, bottom line of this Gemara, there's no contradiction. What caused Levi to become lame? The fact that he threw words towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The physical action that got the einish the to come was Kida. Okay. Now, we're going to continue talking about the Simchas Beis HaShueva. Levi Abmetal came to Rabbi Masami Sakini. Levi would juggle eight knives. Shmuel came to Shover Malka Betani Masgichamo. Shmua would be able to juggle eight glasses of wine without spilling them. Glasses that had wine inside of them, they wouldn't spill. Abayi came to Rabbi Bematnai Abayi. He would juggle eight eggs. Rami LaBarboi Abayi. Some say he juggled uh he juggled four eggs. Okay. And we, would be involved. we didn't sleep every night. We were just out there dancing, partying, simcha, k'itzat. So the Gemara says, how were they so busy with so much simcha that they didn't have time to sleep, Pasha Says the Gemara... Shari Shain, the Tomasha the first hour of the morning, there was the Karbon Hatamid. Misham Latvilah, then we go Davim, Misham the Karbon Mosuf, then we'd have a Karbon Mosuf, Misham the Tvilah Samusaf, we brought the Karbon Mosuf, Misham the Bez Majish. we went to learn Tara, Misham the Chilishdia, we went to have a Suda, Misham the Tvilah Smincha, then we went Davim Misham, Misham the Tomasha Beinarvine, we came to Elof, Synchros Beish Reba, we parted. and we had the Synchros Beish Reba all the way back till the next morning. We parted till the crack of dawn until it was time to bring the Talmud Shal Shachar again now keep in mind Rabbi Shua ben Hanani who says this was part of the Levim so he was basically saying that the Gehanim and Levim were completely busy and they didn't have time to sleep says the Gemara one second let's pause and see whether this statement of not sleeping throughout the you know throughout Sukkot is possible <inaudible> is it true? Rabbi <inaudible> says somebody says I make an oath I swear I haven't slept 72 hours straight. Malkin say they give him Malkus because it's a fake oath. You don't swear with Hashem's name or something that's impossible. So since it's an impossible feat to stay up for 72 hours straight, you give him Malkus, the Yashin out there, and you put him into bed. Meaning you say, dude, you need a nap. Alright? The bottom line is, how can Uvshu say that we stayed up throughout sukis It's impossible to stay up for more than three days straight. As the Gemara says, Allah Kamar, let's... Explain what he really meant by "tamanu tamshina." We never went to bed. have a menamni kaspa da dodi. Yeah, you know what we did? We would we would uh, We would doze off on each other's shoulders uh, while we were in the bais hamikdash. We'd chapa a few minutes here, a few minutes there. It's not like they didn't sleep at all. They just didn't go to bed for like a good Gazunta and that's what he meant. Period. End of the gemara. Okay. Two dots. Zok the gemara the Mishnah had told us there were 15 steps leading from the Ezzes Yisroel to Ezzes Nashim and the Levim stood on those 15 steps and played with this unlimited amount uh, with this unlimited orchestra right this incredible amount of instruments that they had and we're going to get into the 15 steps what they represent Zakti Gemara Amor Avchista Le'umer Avon Avchista said to some yeshiva bakr. Dabi Kamisadra Agatha Kameh, who are teaching over Agatha Gumaras in front of him. He said uh, he said that. Shmi Allah, so it was one, it was one Yeshiva Bakr. Rav Krista said to one Yeshiva Bakr, Sh Allah Khani Khome Shashima said me, Amran Dabi. Dobr says, Shirama babala is right there's fifteen shiramawas. What, what why Daban Malak say fifteen Shiramaas? The Talmud said, Rabbi Yechanon says, Dabra Melech was emptying out the Shishin. Remember, the Shishin were the cavities, the open areas that the Nisuch the would go down into, right? The Nisuch HaMayim and Nisuch HaYayim. When Dabra Melech was cleaning it out, so remember, those cavities went all the way down till the Tahaim, wherever that is. Dovid Melech was cleaning it out. Kafa Tahaima, and the Tahaim, the deepest, deepest waters, started coming up. Uboi lemistefa oma. and it wanted to flood the world. That's how much water was coming out. It was nonstop. It was mamishas hakana. Omar Dovid Hamisha shay milus for Eidan. Dabra Melech said, fifteen milus. The Hayridon, and the water went down. Says the Gemara, okay. So, Hamisha Shrey Miles. Why do we call it Shir Hamalas? Songs of going up, right? Hamalas is like an aliyah. Why is why it Shir Hamalas? It should say Shir, you read this, the song of the water going down. Yardais me boile. It should say the songs of going down. Amarle says, no, let me tell you the story. Let me explain to you what happened. Now that you're talking, says this, this Talmud, this Yeshiva Bacher, to to Rav Chisda, he says, let me explain. B'shoshah Kara David Shisun. David Amalech was opening up the Shisun, Kofa Ta'imah, and the Ta'im started coming up. Ubal the Omaneth wanted to threaten the world with a flood. Omar David. David Amalech said, Me Ika di Yadi Ishari Does anybody here know if I'm allowed to write Hashem's name? We now turn to Omar Omar Bayz a Chaspa on a piece of pottery. And throw it into the Tahaim Umanach so that it calms down. Okay? Dabra knew that if he would write the Shem Hashem, Hashem's name, and throw it down, so Hashem's name would get erased, but the flood would stop. But he didn't know whether he was allowed to do it. And nobody responded. Dabra says, anybody who knows an answer and doesn't tell me he fast. Yeah, Yichanik should choke. Nasa He was one of He made a He said, "Listen, to bring peace between a husband and wife by the, the laws of Sota." Omre, um, the Torah says Hashem's name should be erased. Means name, God, erased and mixed into the water to bring Shalom Bayis to save the entire world, if you could save one home in the world, to save the entire world, how much more so are you allowed to erase Hashem's name? So, that was his psaq. name on a piece of pottery, and he threw it down into the toheim, Shitzar Garmidi. And not only did the water go down, the water went down 16,000 amas, between 24 and 32,000 feet beneath the surface of the soil, which was... Nishgit. It's not good. Not only did it go down, it went down incredibly to a point where the soil now is not going to have enough enough um, wetness to produce. So Kihazi tuba, David saw how far down the waters went. Omar he said, Kama de mirtav the the higher up the water is, the more the world's gonna produce. So he said the 15 Shirah He said 15 Kapitlach of Shirah Malah. Each Shiramalas that he said, it came up 1,000 Amas. Another 1,000 Amas. After he said, remember, it went down 16,000 Amas. After he said 15 Amas, it came up 15,000. And says the Gemara, until today, the waters of the Haim rest 1,000 Amas beneath the the soil. Of Earth, da ara garmidi." You see from here that the thickness of ground of land is one thousand amas thick. There's says some places in the world you dig just a few feet and you're already hitting a stream. the That's coming from the Euphrates. That's coming from the Slomad the Pras. Meaning. What, we, what we're saying here in the Gemara is not that if you ever dig, you're not going to hit water until you dig down a thousand Amas. The waters of the Tahaim exist a thousand Amas, but there's also various underground rivers that exist much higher up. Granted, that's true, but that's not a contradiction to where the waters of the Tahaim settled in. Period. End of that Gemara. All right. First wide line on non the Mishnah says, we had the 15 steps, the Levian stood on the 15 steps. And there were two kaihanim, each one with a trumpet, that stood on opposite sides by the 10th step. That stood on opposite sides, I'm sorry, when they got to the 10th step, they blew T'Kiyotru, T'Kiyot, right? glitch. We're starting Slichas, we're coming up to Rosh Very familiar with what these things sound like. We heard it every morning. During Gal, Voy Rabbi asked the Shaila, searching for information. The Maila When it says that they blew the trumpets on the tenth step, Tanakh Khamisha Hamisha, Asara, doesn't mean they went down five steps and stood ten steps up. Aidoma, or maybe to Asara, maybe they went down ten steps, koya Hamisha, and they stood five steps high. The answers to that, Teku. We are unsure, and uh, we'll have to wait for Leo and to come to ask him that question so that with the base of Mikdash we know exactly what to do. Okay. Here we go. The rabbis learned and so should we. Remember the Mishnah, unfortunately, it says that the Chassidim HaShemaisa would dance. They would dance. They'd sing beautiful shirats. And they'd say, we are to Hashem. We're to the Mizbeach. We're to Hashem. As opposed to our forefathers who turned away from HaKadosh Baruch They served the sun. So, the rabbis learned and so should we. Why does the Mishnah say they face eastern with their backs towards the west? Of course, if you face east, where's your back? Toward the west. Any Don't I know their backs of the Heichel Hashem? Why do you guys say the backs? Our forefathers' backs were toward the Heichel Hashem. It's letting us know we're not just focusing on the uh, anatomy of the body. However, there's something unique about their backs being towards the mezbeach. Not only do they serve the sun, they would go to the bathroom forcing uh, uh, you know um, facing the mezbeach. So, it's not that their backs were to the mizbeach, but it's mentioning that to tell us they did something even more terrible than just turning their backs on the mizbeach. They completely had no respect for it. Now, interestingly, a, a big part of Avaydazara, of idol worship, is was pritzas gedr, was breaking down boundaries, breaking down borders. You find even by some Avaydazaras, they would serve that Avaydazara by going to the bathroom on it. Or by throwing stones at it, it's like what, what type of servitude is that? It's because those particular avodas zaras, the, the, the worship of it was, I could do whatever I want. That's that's how these avodas were trained to just be completely be pirates together. Just break. There, there's no even throwing We're just gonna we're just gonna go to the bathroom. It. We're just gonna throw stones at it. Like nobody could tell me what to do. That was part of the wildness of the avodas Okay. Period. So let's focus on the good. That was the not good. However, what did we say? Oh, we are for Hashem. And toward Hashem we look. Says You're not allowed to say, because you're not allowed to repeat yourself twice. First says it hey, says, Listen, listen. What's Allah, huh? It's as if you're, saying, maida, maida. if you're saying thank you, thank you to two entities and you quiet him down Right? it sounds like you're dabbling to two gods don't say it twice so the says, Al, hachi this is what it means Hema mishtachavim. Kedema, what, they, what they said was that our forefathers bowed towards the sun we're bowing towards Hashem and our eyes are towards Hashem so this way it was very clear that we're focusing on two separate entities, and that's why, um, and in such a case, it doesn't seem like you're, you're, you're talking to two different powers. You're talking to one power and mentioning two different things. We're bowing, and we turn our eyes in yearning towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu, period. End of that Gemara and the explanation of the previous Mishnah. Okay. Now, let's get into Takiyah's. Alright? The different sounds and the the trumpet blowings that took place by the Simchas Pesai Shoeva, and once we're talking about that, we're gonna talk about other times in the Abbaid of the Besamikdash that the that the shofar was blown. Alright? Trumpets were blown. Here we go. There was never gonna be less than twenty four shofar blasts. In the base of Mikdash, and it never got more than 48. So it was never less than 20, I'm sorry, not 24, 21. It was never less than 21 and never more than 48. And let's explain when there was 21 and when there was 48. Here we go. Every day there was at least 21 blasts in the base of Mikdash. Now, a blast means a trua, a trua even though nowadays for us we call a trua nine blasts, that's called one blast. A is called one blast. When we say 21, we mean like 21 different blasts, okay? Not like, you know, it's not that the true counts as nine. True counts as one. <speaking in Hebrew> they would blow three when they would open up the gates to start the Yabarida. Nine more by the Talmud Shal Shachar. We're now up to 12. Nine by the Talmud Shal Shachar. Okay, what are we up to? 21. On days where there was musaf. There will be nine more blasts for the Karb What do we up to thirty on Musaf days? Who by Arab Shabbos and it was Arab Shabbos. How you may see from Sheish, it will be three more in addition to the Musuf. How so? When? Why do we blow six every Friday? Shalish Lahatvil as ha'Ami Blacha. Three blasts to st- tell people it's time to stop working. Three to be Mavdn Kodesh Tchol. So what are we up to thirty-six? Arab Arab Shabbos Eichacha. If Arab Shabis fell out on Sukkot, so you should not now we jumped another twelve. We went from thirty-six to forty-eight. Shalish of tzichas three for opening the gates. Shalish shar elyon, three for the upper gate. Shalish shara three for the lower gates. Right, because we needed the other gates open for the nisochai, nisochamayim. Veshalish to milah hamayim, three when they filled up the water. Veshalish adam mezbeach, three adam mezbeach. Teishu talmashal shachar, nine for the red glamin for talmashal shachar. Sounds like we're seeing chadgadi, you know. The or who knows one. The nine for the car. Muslim, three to tell people it's time to stop with Malacha, okay. and three to be mabdil Okay. Now, says the Gemara. who is the Tana of our Mishnah? i We'll tell you who the Mishnah is not. The Mishnah is certainly not the opinion of Rabbih, the Tana limited Nebraska. Rabuda says There has to be at least seven in the base. So, you, you have the minimum of seven, and there's never more than sixteen. Now, that wasn't our mission. Our mission: said minimum twenty-one, maximum forty-eight. So, if is going to say that it was a minimum of seven, never more than sixteen, I mean, he's obviously arguing our mission, which the Gemara says. What's the machlekas over here? Yehuda says one second. doesn't necessarily argue. Yehuda says seven minimum, right? That's because he's counting a tekiyah truah tekiyah as one instead of three. If you would count it as three, what's seven times three? 21. Okay? Rabban and Sabri, T'kiyah the Gemara. They're really not arguing on what was blown. They're just arguing about how to count it. Does a T'kiyah t'chua t'chua count as one and therefore it's seven? Or does it count as three? Right. It's like when people, when, when kids play football in a schoolyard. When you score a touchdown, is it seven points? Or is it one point? Depends how you count it, right? Depends. My time to beuda. Why does beuda say T'kiyah t'chua t'chua all counts as one go together it counts as one. The and the Rabbonon, why do they count it as twenty-one? He says no. It's just telling us that every time you blow a trua, you need a tkiya beforehand and a tkiya afterwards. You, you don't know, whenever you have a trua, you need a tkiya before and after. When it says shenis the second time, so you see, you got to blow a tkiya again. What's the reason for the Rabban that they say it counts as 21? The it says in the Apostle, When Klai Yisrael gets together, you blow a tekiah at times, and at times you don't blow a terua. In other words, when you're gathering together Klai Yisrael, um, in, the, in the Midbar, when they were gathering together to come to the Ayol Mayib, they would blow a tekiah. They would not blow a true a teruah so, you can say it's one thing, I don't understand. You think we'll do half a mitzvah? No, it's not possible. Therefore, it's, it's each each blow, each truah is counted as one, it stands by itself. Rebuta, says, who is Over there, when you're just gathering together, Yisrael, that's not part of a mitzvah. Like you're blowing in the base of mitzvah during the avodah, and you gather together, Yisrael, you could just blow a truah. is hate It didn't matter. I'm sorry, they only blew a tekiah. You could just blow a tekiah. That's what you don't need to do. But when it's part of a mitzvah, you always need a tekiah, true tekiah, therefore it counts, uh, it counts together. Where the Rabbana is going to respond to Rabbi Yehuda, who says, it's a good time right? He says that over there, they're just gathering clay Yisrael. So over there, it doesn't really matter how you count it. And the Rabbana going to say, no. You're right, it's just the simmon, but the Torah ultimately learns out the halachas of a mitzvah from there. And Rashi says, once it was required to do so in the midbar, that itself became a mitzvah, and therefore you're allowed to learn out from there how to properly perform the mitzvah. Okay, who's following this? says, that you have to blow. To key, uh, it goes like this. Uh, you now let it pause. Okay, you now let it take a breath. Um. Uh, Rashi says, You're allowed to take a small breath, you're not allowed to make it like a noticeable pause. Tomorrow says, Kaman, That seems to be like Rabbi Yehuda, because Rabbi Yehuda says, Tikiyah, Truth, is all one mitzvah. So, the you should have been able to take a break. Tomorrow says, "Pshita." yeah. If you're going to ask who it is, I mean, it, obviously it makes more sense, like Rabbi Yehuda, who says it's all Tzizaman. We now turn to the top of tomorrow's daf, says Gomorrah. Mahudim, I would have thought to say a few that, even according to the Rabban, you're not allowed to pause. Ula Fuki midrav Yechan is coming to exude of Yechanan who says Da Amar Shama Teish Gies Bteisha Bteisha Shoyes Biyom so You can't spread it out nine times over nine different hours of the day. Therefore, the Gemara wants to let us know the Ibn Nacham are going to say you can't go so far. Maybe, um, maybe Hitaka uh, meant that that you're allowed to take a break, but you just can't break it out over nine hours. Mar says no. Klom. Why is he say you can't do it at all? can't do it all, seems to be, you can't have any sort of chash of a pause in between, and memela. that is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, because all one mitzvah, and it's not following the opinion of the Chachamim, who hold that the tekiah, Trua tekiah, are all uh, are all blasts that are counted separately, okay, Kevaldik, we're up to, we're four lines from the top of Nun, Dalit, Amor, Aleph, we're going to hold it here for today, and Bez Hashem pick up tomorrow evening, we're going to be learning daf earlier, um, uh, Minch is getting earlier, Sadaf this week will be at 6.15 p.m. Central Time. All right, have a wonderful, wonderful day, and a good to everybody.